0: Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and relax, put aside whatever you've been working on, whatever you've been thinking about whatever your plans are for the rest of the evening, just put them aside. And just remember that the Lord loves you, that he's there with you, that you are already unconditionally loved, unconditionally accepted, and unconditionally valued. God, you are important to him. You matter to him. How you're doing matters to him. He cares about you as an individual, as part of himself. There's nothing too big, nothing too small that he says, ah, that's not important. Everything about you matters to him. So let's just relax in that, that he knows our end from our beginning. He knows what your tomorrow holds. He knows the mistakes you made yesterday and the mistakes you're going to make tomorrow. And because you've been born again by your spirit, you are fully in his family. He is fully committed to unifying your spirit, soul, and body. He is fully committed to making you whole. Now, it may take longer than this lifetime. It probably will. that's up to him to decide how quickly and drastically he works in any of us is totally up to him. You and I, I'm sure both know Christians that can get away with anything. God never challenges them, never causes them to stop and look at what's going on in their lives, how they're living And I don't mean just by behavior, but not depending on him, not looking to him. In fact, we could probably say most Christians are like that, that they want a rule book. They just want to follow the rules rather than knowing their God. But for some, he's put a desire, he's stirred up a thirst and a hunger to know him. And for those, he's already promised to fulfill that desire, that thirst, that hunger, because we know he doesn't tease us. He doesn't tempt us. When he says, this is the way walk ye in it, and we walk in it, we can be confident that he is guiding every footstep. We may not like the direction or the, the countryside or the the view. We may not look like who he puts us on that path with. But we know that as we raise our foot, he guides it on the way down. And we raise the next one, and God guides our next footfall. And step by step, he leads us and guides us and directs us. Now, we want to know that and have confidence that we're hearing him clearly. And he speaks to us in a variety of different ways. And sometimes it's just unknowing, sometimes it can even be audible, but he speaks to us a variety of different ways. We want to know how to test what we're hearing. Most of that comes by experience, but also taking the training seriously. When God gives you a word, do you write it down? Do you ask him what it means? When he gives you a dream, when he gives you a song, when he knocks on your door, when he gets your attention, when he draws your attention, do you respond? Do you take your training seriously? It's to your benefit. God's not going to punish you. He's not going to withhold a blessing because you resist what he wants to teach you. But there will be consequences. When we resist God, there are always consequences, positive or negative. That's one of the laws, uh, a natural law of this world. Just as, as there's time pressure and peer pressure, there are consequences to our actions that's part of the the realm we live in, they are not spiritual consequences. They're probably not even supernatural consequences. Most of the time they're natural consequences. Anything related to time is a natural phenomenon. So when we waste time or we neglect time, time spent with him, Again, wasting it, just doing what we want to do with it, we can't catch up with it. We we can't re- we can't redeem it on our own. Now there are things that God is teaching us as spirit beings, where we can rise above time and redeem time, because again. God has created time. We're in God. We are co-creators with him. The thing is, is we are nowhere near that place. We have a long way to go. And wouldn't it be just easier if we respected the time that God has given us? So, we plan and we structure and we schedule. And then we ask the Lord, how are we doing here? What's, are we on track with you? Are we following along in your pathway? And a lot of times there's ways we can tell if we have resisted the direction he wants to bring us in. That's often related to gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. When we are walking with Him, when we are living and moving and having our being in Him, one of the sure signs of that is that gratitude and a level of appreciation for who He is and what's, what He's doing in our lives. And that can just simply be, you know, thank you, Lord. Sometimes it's thank you for getting me out of that. Or thank you for getting me up this morning. Or thank you that I feel better than I did yesterday. Or thank you despite this. You know, thank you for for my house despite I have terrible neighbors, whatever it is. But the the heart be- beating with appreciation and gratitude that's a really good indicator that you're hearing God. Likewise, if you're not, if you don't have that appreciation, there may be something you're missing. If you're a grumbler or a whiner or, or silent even, not wanting to partake in things, you know, wanting to do Not be connected with other people, not be connected with other things, not wanting to be connected with God, isolating. That's going to freeze out that appreciation. Because what is God's nature? His nature is love. God is love. What does that look like? It looks like giving. God's nature is giving His love, giving Himself. We, our first job, task, is to learn to receive. To receive that love from Him. Flowing out from that comes sharing what we have received. If we have his nature of love, which we do in our spirit, guaranteed, that nature desires to flow in first and then through. Giving life, giving encouragement, giving healing, love, whatever's necessary, filling in the gaps. Holding up the uh, those that need help, doing whatever's necessary, whatever God desires, whatever God sends us to. That's a whole another important thing. Is just because you see a need doesn't mean it's your job to meet that need. Just because, and that you know, part of our challenge is to be learn to say no. Not just learn to say yes, but learn to say no. God does it to us. Sometimes he'll say yes, and sometimes he'll say no. That It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean he's angry, or He does, it doesn't mean we've missed him. We want to be comfortable having conversations with our God. He made you the way you are. He made us the way we are. So it doesn't surprise him when sometimes we don't make sense. (laughs) We get caught in the smallest things. We stumble over the smallest stumbling blocks. What is it? We strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. But until God God says, look, you're swallowing a camel, this is the way he's made us right now. Now he's changing us as as a time frame, the humanity and the world, but also as individuals. He's always working in us to accomplish and achieve things In us, you are his prize. You are what he says, this is my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. You are the apple of his eye. You are his chosen. It's not because you have a special anointing or gift or purpose in life or destiny but because he loves you. He loves you. He's, he's put his spirit in you, re-spirited you, and made you one with him already. You are one in him. His kingdom is in your midst, in your middle, in you. You don't need to go somewhere to enter his kingdom. You are co-inheritors, joint heirs. Not because of anything special you did, but because God signed his will that way. That when I die, we talk about Jesus' death and resurrection. This is what so-and-so is going to receive. And we received it. The debt's been paid. The death that had to occur has occurred. And the resurrection that had to occur has occurred. We now are beneficiaries of that will having gone through probate. So now we can all sit in the lawyer's office and the lawyer says, this is what you get, the kingdom. It's yours. It's like finding out your royalty or finding out, you know, there was this bank account in the family nobody knew about. And there's a bazillion dollars there, and it's in your name. And that's true for you and I. Now, fortunately, God's a, a wise God, and he doesn't say, okay, go, here you go. We'd waste it. Or we would hurt ourselves and we'd hurt others. So we're in that that place where we are learning to live as royalty, learning to live as spirit beings, as sons of God. A lot of that's foreign to us because we've been living by our soul and our soul wants to do things its own way. That's, your soul hasn't had any choice God doesn't hold it against your soul. He doesn't hold it against you. That you were dead, born dead in your spirit. That was his plan. Where you are right now is his plan. You may not like it. That's something you need to talk to him about. You know, we all—and we always talk about missing him and the mistakes we make and, oh, if we had just not done that, this is the other thing. Really, just talk to him about it. You will find, well, by because you made that mistake, it prevented you to, from being in a position to make a much bigger one. You just never know. And I don't know if we ever will. It's hard to know if at some point in time, we'll, you and I will have a chance to look back at our lives objectively and be able to see what God was doing. You know, a lot of us wish we were born into a different family or a different socioeconomic uh, situation or a different country, a different time. Well, that's fine. Talk to God about that. He may have put that desire in you so he can talk to you about something there's, we, have, we carry generational curses. We carry chains around habits and traits that get passed from generation to generation. And a lot of times when we start breaking them, we find out we can set our whole generation free and the next generation, the generation after that, and previous generations. You and I have no idea of the power and authority that we already have. And one reason is because we've never been taught that we all have it and we can all use it. God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't say, I'm going to teach you, but I'm not going to teach you. I'm only going to teach you if you go to the right church. I'm only going to teach you if you've, got, if you've gone to the right person to get hands laid on you and a gift imparted, or an anointing, or a special who you were born to or how long you've been a Christian. None of that matters. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Experience Him. Receive unconditionally what He wants to give unconditionally. He will reveal Himself to you. Seek and ye shall find. Seek and keep on seeking. Desire and keep on desiring. Now we all have responsibilities. We all have things that we need to take care of. This is part of our challenge. This stretches us. This is how we are learning to live, being that has a soul and lives in this body. It would be so much easier if God just, when we when we were saved, he just killed us. So we could just be with him if that's what comes next, which I don't think it is. But whatever, if we just wanted, if if that's all it took, he could just kill us. And as soon as we became a Christian, well, we wouldn't have to deal with anything. We wouldn't have to deal with any of the changes that he wants to make in us, The the Consequences that becoming a, a Christian may uh, affect our relationships, how we deal with other people, how we behave towards others. But that's not what God is concerned about. He's concerned about relationship. So he's not that concerned that there's disruption in your life. He comforts us and encourages us, and sometimes redirects us. But he's not that concerned. We have this idea very often that being a christian, if you're if you're in the center of the will of God, everything will be fine. You know, and that's how you know you're in the center of will, the will of God, is that everything's fine. Everything's fine at work, everything's fine in your relationship, everything's fine with your finances, your health, everything's fine. And that's just not true maybe true for a moment in time but you could just as easily be in the very center of His will again whatever that means but pleasing him and be depressed have just failed at a relationship have just gotten fired from your job the outer consequences are not a reflection of what's going on inside that's all they are: are your circumstances Now, when we start thinking of God this way, especially if you're involved in a a church or any kind of organized religion, when you start letting people be the way they are and, and leave them to God to do the correcting and the encouraging, but being available, but just learning to live, hearing from him and receiving from him and being available to give him out, A lot of people think of that as radical, as unusual, maybe even as unchristian. You have to have guardrails. You have to, you know, um, there's no lone rangers, that kind of thing. And nobody's talking about lone ranger or guardrail. We're talking about God. He is our guardrail. He is your company. If God himself can't keep you safe, safe from delusions or deception or whatever we're afraid of, if God can't keep you from that, clearly our own efforts can't keep us from that, from the deception, from disillusion, whatever. So we don't have to worry about what people call going off the deep end and just relaxing and letting God be God. Because that's actually just another way of controlling. Throughout history, apprehension has been expressed that since the activity of the supernatural... is not seen or controlled by us. In other words, when something supernatural happens, it's a surprise. And it's often unpredictable, and it's often something we can't control or direct, that somehow we feel like we can be controlled by it. And therefore, there's a danger that we can be deceived and led into doing something offensive to God. Again, we think that if we don't control what God is doing in our lives, then we're out of control, and something bad could happen. And God just really wants to assure you He is in control. It's like... God has a throne in you, and he either sits on it or something else. It doesn't matter what the something else is. Is God on your throne? That's all that matters. And how do we know? We, start, we talk, started talking with, with our conversation about being appreciative and grateful. Now, some are normally that way in their temperament, in their personality, and that doesn't matter. Some, it may be hard for you. It doesn't matter. You'll find yourself becoming more and more grateful, more and more appreciative. And again, this is receiving unconditionally what God gives unconditionally. So again, Let's settle it that if God is not strong enough to keep us from being deceived, why do we think we can keep ourselves from being deceived? This thinking reflects that ingrained, solical lack of trust in the love of God, he, that, in the love that God has for us. You know, again, if we make a mistake, if we run too fast, if we go in the wrong direction, he's just going to let us run until we fail. Now, sometimes he does, but he doesn't do it out of malicious intent or, well, you didn't want to do things my way, you know, see what consequences it will get. No, he does it because he loves us. And your spirit already knew what was going to happen. God can be trusted with our training. You're in training to be a son of God. You're already a son of God, but you need to be trained on how to do son of God stuff. How to live and move and have your being. How to be sons of God. He will, God will often put us into situations we can't handle. But he will never put us into a situation that he can't handle. And just a lot of times we get that mixed up with the whole God will never put us in a situation where that we can't handle he, I mean, he does that all the time problem we've got that verse mixed up with God will never put you in front of temptation that you can't resist that you can't run from. That's totally different than something that you can't handle. He puts us in situation if if he never did that, if we never we're in a situation that we couldn't handle, we wouldn't need God. We'd be able to handle every situation. But very often, what he's doing is he's exposing our soul, the areas of our soul that we're trying to manage and control through our own lives. As we partner and cooperate with the Spirit, God will maintain whatever balance is necessary to keep our focus on him and not on what he is doing. It's kind of like, don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. And this is hard because our soul, again, because it wants to control out of habit, wants to know everything that's going on. So it can help. God doesn't need your help. He's going to accomplish what he wants to just fine. He wants your involvement because he loves you and it's part of our training. But he doesn't need your help. So we're going to pick it up the same place next week. Feel free to drop me a line at diane at the or through Blog Talk Radio. It's always great to hear from you, get feedback and questions. Until we meet again next week, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.